You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today's the day to cut the crap, eliminate excuses, and get ready to make shift happen. Serial entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author Anthony Trucks is living proof of the reality that we can create our own identities with intention to achieve literally anything we want in life, so long as we're willing to stick it out through the painful parts along the way. As a foster kid turned NFL athlete with 30 plus traumatic life events in between, Anthony was constantly shifting his own identity, shifting internally to elevate externally and to in turn change his life for the better. In today's episode, he's dropping practical tips and step-by-steps for making that your own reality too, so that no matter what hand you've been dealt, you feel empowered to step up, accept change and make shift happen. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Anthony. I mean, right as I was sipping my tea. Hello. (laughs) Bright and early for you. I I thought I had a second. I did not have a second, so I'm here. (laughs) We're hopping right into it. So, hey, welcome to Thrive. Got so much to talk about today. Really stoked to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to come check. I hang out too. We got we got a whole lot to cover. I don't know what that is, but then it's you never know. Some people's like I got a whole lot to cover, and then like the, the pod, like the episode kind of drags, and then some people are like, I don't know how we are going to fit any of this in the next sixty minutes, and then we go. So this will be yeah. interesting to see. I'm excited to hang out. We'll pop as much in as we possibly can into our time together because I know you got so much goodness to share. Uh, I mean, you're a to give everyone the quick lowdown here. You're a foster kid turned NFL athlete, serial mm-hmm. entrepreneur. You're a husband and family man. You've been through so many traumatic life events too, which have had these accompanying identity shifts to navigate. So let's just get right into it. Introduce yourself. Tell us your story. Yeah, uh, the whole story. That's a lot. Yeah, the whole thing, every little detail. Don't leave a single thing out. (laughs) When I was six years old, my shoe size was, I'm just kidding. So (laughs) yeah, I'm a a speaker, I'm a coach, and I am an author. I got a book coming out later this month, which I'm excited about. Uh, Outside of that, yeah, a lot of what you said is that's the gist of it. I was was giving away as a kid into a really heinous foster care system that did not treat us very well. So my upbringing was odd in that sense where I just, I, I dealt with a lot of weird, bad people. And then I ended up in a family, which is still currently my family at six years old, but wasn't adopted till I was 14. And it was a very poor, all white family. So I, I grew up in a lot of diversity, a lot of lack of identity, instability, just difficulty uh, in trying to navigate, you know, being one of six kids in, a, in an interesting, interestingly dysfunctional family, we'll call it. So we just had our, it's, we're, we're human, right? And then at 14, got a chance to play football for the first time because I was finally adopted and I couldn't play before that. My adoptive mom got diagnosed with MS. And so I went into this world where it's like, uh, my mom is sick and I'm trying this thing that I really want to be good at, but I'm not very good at. And we can all attest that that happens sometimes. You try something new you're not very good at and you have to figure out how do I get good at this thing. So I kind of went down that that rabbit hole and figured out how to actually get really, really good. And in doing so, it helped me overcome a lot of the internal insecurities and and lack of self, uh, self-belief that I think a lot of us have, me more so than most at that age. 
and it progressed me into getting a college scholarship to play football at the University of Oregon. Um, I, and a not so fun turn of events, but a phenomenal thing. Great accident, we'll call it. I had a kid at 20 years old, my high school sweetheart. Met my dad at like 21 years old. Like it was just a really cool, a really cool experience of life, in my opinion. Getting to navigate the uh, the ups and downs of how that whole that whole world just works, man. And uh, and then a couple of years later, got a chance to play in the NFL. And in the NFL, it's a very weird, interesting beast, man. I spent three years in there and got hurt in my third. Came home, but NFL stands for not for long. Is like what people say. <laughs> and you're out there in Philly, so I was in Pittsburgh when I first. My last game was played in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, against the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and man, you go into the world, you got to figure out the heck you are after that. So that came tumbling down and I came home and I, I lost myself. I started a business, had two more kids with my wife and then all hell broke loose and marriage falls apart. Family falls apart. I fall apart. Business isn't going well. I'm almost bankrupt. It just was all crazy. And then, man, I got into a fog for a few years, like six years, more than a few. And then my mom passed away from MS. It was a really interesting battle of trying to figure out like, how do I get back to a, a better place in life? And it took me two years, still more to really get myself back to a foothold of feeling like I'm, I can do something. It was just a massive moment of shame. And that turned into me figuring out how to do this, this weird thing I'd kind of already done throughout my life. We've all actually done, but for me, it was the first time I did it proactively with intention and it changed the entire trajectory of my life. So after three years divorce, I got remarried, have an amazing marriage. I got happy, amazing kids. I have a present father who's in shape, who rocks and rolls and does cool stuff and is on Ninja Warrior and TV shows like Mental Samurai and doing weird things in the world and traveling the country and speaking. I get to do a lot of man, cool, amazing things. And it all comes from me climbing out of the gutters. And I'm not special. Uh, I just have a different, I think, cl different collection of experiences but even with the experiences, I have a different perspective on them. And that's what I think gives me the ability to come out and actually talk in a way that is relatable to most people, but also gives at least some insights on how it could be done a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Man, there were so many things you just dropped there. I feel like we could break each one down and talk for hours. But what do you think made Probably. you different from the start? Because, I mean, you were in survival mode for so long. There were just so many pieces of your story that would in and of themselves be completely life altering or identity shaping moments yeah. or things for people, whether that's being a foster kid, whether that's being a black kid being raised by a white family, whether that's your football journey and having the injury, whether it's your family and your marriage falling apart, coming back together, like all of these things could be so impactful and I'm sure were impactful for you. But what do you think made you different in terms of how how you approached each one and ended up mm. using it to be something that propelled you forward instead of holding you back. I don't the thing is I don't think it always did propel me forward. I think that's kind of the the one thing is perspectively I was different at different like levels, you know. And so it's like that could be a different answer for different different stage. I mean realistically most people were going through life navigating the moments we're in. So, I mean, when I was 15, I think what made me different and why I decided to find a way to be better at the game of football after being horrible for two years, I think what really pivoted there was just this, this internal discussion of I am tired of feeling like crap. You know, that was it. I'm I'm tired of feeling like the world's doorstep. You know, I, I just that was the thing. There wasn't anything special. that wasn't like because people are like, oh, have you always wanted to play in the NFL? No, I actually I didn't even consider the NFL to like my sophomore year of college maybe junior year. I didn't even think it was a possibility to play in the NFL, to be quite honest. So I wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to go play in the league and do my thing. So like that was that. Then, you know, you most would have a kid. There wasn't a plan for like, I'm going to be a kid. I just knew or have a kid. It was like, I know that I can now give back to this life in a way that wasn't given to me. 
So that was it. It was like, I'm just going to find a way to, to do right by this little human being that, that's of my blood. That was that, you know, um, you know, meeting my dad was an interesting dynamic. I didn't know how to handle that. Like, I didn't know he existed. And as far as I knew, he didn't know I existed. It's a whole, you know, these are all different things. I think collectively, it always became this thing that was me trying to, trying to lean into the next stage of life and normalize it and make it feel okay. And, and I don't think a lot of people do that. I think if I was to look at one golden thread, that's really been the thread for me is I get into situations where I feel discomfort. And as opposed to finding a way to back out of it and run away from all, all of it, I usually find a way to lean into it and try to adapt as best I can. And in doing so, it usually catalyzes into like a shift. Like that's one of my works around identity shift. Like it is vastly different identities I've had to experience. And all I did at each stage was say, okay, like, how do I make this not feel so awkward and weird? It was like, well, I got to adapt by becoming the guy who does that thing. So I got to become the football player, become the dad, become the, the son, become the NFL guy. Then I got to become the gym owner, become the husband, like all these things. You got to become those. And if you don't look at it like that, then you'll always try and be the exact same person trying to do some other person's things. And you're always out of alignment. There's no congruence and you burn out. I love that. I feel like I've read that something similar to that. in I think it was the book Atomic Habits, where he talks about when you're trying to form a habit or change something significant in your routine or in your life, you have to decide that you are that thing. Mm -hmm. So instead of it being, oh, I have to go on a run today, it's I am a runner. So what does a runner do? Well, a runner runs. So then I'm just going to go do that thing that is in alignment with the identity that I want to have. So do you think that's, that sounds like that's pretty in line with your, your mantra? Very, I mean, very in line, the, the, the sound, I mean, to be quite honest, the interesting thing is there becomes one separation that, that James and, and BJ Fogg and I mean, it's a lot of guys who have, it's Dean, Graziosi, Brennan Burchard, they're all phenomenal in the books they've written that are all around habits. The one thing is where they do say that they don't actually, no one has told anybody exactly how to craft that identity. So we're aware that the habits will create the identity. The goal is to become 1000%, but nobody goes in and says, well, who are you becoming? What's the, what's the rubric? What's the, what do we, what, you know, how do we choose the right habits based on where we want to go as the identity? Cause yes, these things will make me become somebody, but like, what does that look like? And so for a lot of my work now, I, I love their work. Cause it actually makes it easier to explain. Like when I do what I do, we're trying to get you to, to become this, but like, now it's like, let's clarify who you're going to become. Let's really take a look at that. But yes, it, it comes down to the same exact human psychology and structure of the things you do, you become. It's, that's the base of it. If you do something for a long period of time, like if you, you say you'd start this podcast, right? I'm sure in the beginning, Erica, when you do the podcast, you weren't like, I'm a podcaster, right? You're just like, I'm going to try this thing. And then people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm talking to people like, you run a podcast? You shouldn't run a podcast. What makes you think you know, that, that happens? But after you get 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 episodes in, you're like, I'm a podcaster. The only difference really is you just did the thing. You invested. And as humans, we have this investment bias. If I give, I want a return. And our return of, of giving energy is a return of feeling like that's who I am now. It's the same logic for habits. I do it long enough, I become that thing. And so for me, that's, I think, what I did at every level. And I didn't, that's what I'm saying, I didn't intentionally as a kid really think about who I was becoming. I think it almost inherently kind of like I would look at people and, and like kind of mimic what they were doing. Like it would just, I would kind of become that by following what they're doing, thinking the way they would responding. Like I actually tell people you have to think and respond in ways that you think the ideal, that the next identity should in that moment, 
you can't say what would future me do because future you, you don't know, but I know what that guy would do. I've watched him live his life. Like I know he wouldn't say that, wouldn't do that, wouldn't, you know? And so those little nuances I think I did, and I didn't realize till later that if you actually understand the components of an identity, you can craft that. And then you aren't thinking about future you, you aren't thinking about an arbitrary person you watched on TV. You're actually thinking about an identity you have crafted that you can then shift into through actions in time. So at what point do you think success is dependent on a decision versus some sort of innate ability or a natural talent? Because I feel like there's, Mm -hmm. at least it sounds like for you, a lot was you became good at something and it kind of kept happening from there. But what about, no, 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 it's, it's every, every time it's a decision. I don't think it's an innate ability at all. And I don't think, I don't think it actually happens like that to be quite honest. Most of the time, the journey to success, it is an absolute suck. It just sucks. It's not. And, and like, I didn't just become good at football. There's, there's a journey where like, it was like seven months before I got any better at the game. And what it typically looks like is this, and this hopefully should clarify that. But when you first try something new and you give effort to it, it's like a 10 out of 10 of emotional pain with the realization you suck at it. I'm not good. And most people are not masochistic. They will walk away and go, this is not feeling good. I don't want to do this again. And then the successful person, which will say inevitable success, he goes, you know what? Or she goes, you know what? That was a 10 of 10 of pain, but I learned this little thing. Let me go try it again. And people go, are you crazy? What, are we going to go back out there? Are you an idiot? You know, like, yeah, I'm going to try it again. Don't, you dummy, don't do that. But you go do it again. You come back. It's a 9.6 of pain. You, you drop 0.4 and people are like, see, you dummy, you shouldn't have done it. No, but I learned this new piece again. Let me go try it again. No, what are you and you, and, but this person, they just keep on going back because it's going down and it could be an eight of pain, a seven of pain, a six, and it just keeps going down. And people are like, this person is a psychopath, right? But eventually it gets to zero and at zero people assume it's painless, but it's never painless. What it in fact turns into is pure joy. This thing you hated to do, you now love and it's who you are to do it. The first time a kid gets in a boxing ring and gets punched in the face, I promise you that kid's not like, I'm going to be a boxer. He's probably like, this sucks. I don't want to do this. And he's like, but then mom and dad's like, do it again. All right. And he keeps going. And eventually kids, you know, Floyd Mayweather, like it just takes time. And so, no, it's, it's not this thing where you jump in and you have success at all, almost ever. But it's the journey through that process that develops that sense of self. For sure. I guess building off of that, do you think there's ever a moment where people should or could look at it and and actually call it a game and say, you know what, this isn't for me because it's not working out yet or whatever excuse you want to put in there and call it? Or do you think that the key is to push through it when those feelings happen and keep your, keep your eye on the prize and just keep going. I mean, I guess it like, is there, is there any point where you're like, you know what, it is probably best for you to take a step back. This isn't for you pick a new path versus are you, are you like, you know what? No, if you want it, if you want it badly enough, just keep going and you will succeed. Yeah. You, you eventually will. The, 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 the degree to which you will succeed depends upon a lot more out, you know, outside factors than most people can, you know, really factor into the thought. I mean, if you want to be a, you know, an amazing violinist. I guarantee there's a lot more outside the fact for you than somebody else. There's nowhere to tell. When you choose to give up, man, I, that's up to you. There isn't a definitive, to be quite honest. The thing I do know is if you leave the weight room, you don't get any stronger. I mean, if I, if I step out, you're not going to get stronger. So sometimes the goal isn't to like, I, if I tried right now, I could probably never, in a logical time frame, back squat a thousand pounds, we'll call it. 
eventually I can get there, but am, am I really, what's going to happen on the way up there? Is that worth it? And why? Like if it was something like, if you can back squat a thousand pounds in five years, I won't kill your kids. Like, bro, I'm under that bar every day. You know what I mean? Like I'm, we're going to be going and squatting. It's just, what's the reason why you're doing it? I think is the biggest piece too. And, and, and it can't just be the reason as why you're, you're like being pushed. I think it's got to be also like why you're being pulled. Like who is that person you are going to become? And the reason we should think about that is because everything we actually tangibly want is a byproduct of who we actually are. I think most people assume it's like, I can be who I am and then I can go have those things. And it's like, bro, if you were that person, you'd already have those things. If we're thinking logically, if you're the person that was supposed to be phenomenal on television, have your show and do your thing, you'd already be doing that if we're just being honest, which means you got to build to that. So the reality is, is we got to get to the point of comprehending the goal should not just be to have something, but it genuinely should be wrapped around. How do I become that person? The path to becoming that is a lot of action, a lot of learning, a lot of skill sets, a lot of habits. So you'll naturally, as a byproduct, you will achieve some things, but eventually to get to the point where it's almost like it's instinctual and second nature to do what you have to do to have all those things. And so when I start thinking about like the person who fights through all the inevitable pain and hardship and just what happens on the path there, that person's got to be prepared and got to understand, like, I'm not doing this just right now for like the thing I may have. I'm doing it to become that guy and that girl. And that's the goal, because when I get to that level, it'll all be easy and I'll actually have that thing I want. Yeah. That's so good. So you mentioned, since you mentioned that so much of what you do is obviously actually breaking down the identity and figuring out, all right, this is who we want the identity to be breaking down the steps, working backwards to get there. Can you give listeners kind of some practical steps to making that happen? Like, what does that process actually look like of breaking that down and, and working towards it then? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm joking. No, uh, that's, that's what I do all day. I, I spend a lot of time on these podcasts and, I'm, and it's like, the more I do podcasts, the more I, I get to listen to interviewers and like, and I get to hear the questions you ask. And I realize there's more and more that is, is not clear for the world, which is my journey, right? This is a thing where I could have easily hopped off and said, I'm going to stop talking about identity shift. Cause a lot of people are like, that just sounds like some woo woo spiritual thing. What do you mean identity shift? And I'm like, dude, it's not, it's the most tangible part of who we are as humans. The process to get in there, we've already done. Many, many, every single person has done this. It's whether it was by survival or whether it was just by, you know, some turn of events and luck. Most people did it, just took the, the long way around. But there is a process to doing this that shows up real in your life. It shows up in more money. It shows up in a better relationship because everything you have is a byproduct of who you are, whether you are optimistic, pessimistic, how you handle situations, how you pursue things, how you perceive things, right? So again, like that's just something that's got to be anchored. I like to lead with that. And then I go, the process to getting there is one that sounds, it sounds fairly straightforward and similar. And people usually listen, I'm sure, and go, oh, I could do that. But then when you get to the mix of it, like doing the actual actions, that stuff's hard. So here's the 50,000 foot view. For me, my goal is to get people into that. You, you've ever played sports, Erica? Were you an athlete by chance? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. So you ever been like in the zone or you get what that means? Oh, Absolutely. Right. So the zone. So what I look at is that that's a version of our identity that's just clicked in, man. It's it's like you're confident you're in flow. The rest of the world melts away. It's like I it's almost like I feel like I'm this in, invincible human right now. Right. I believe that's an identity. I believe it's a level of us where we, we have certain beliefs. Our thoughts are dialed in. Our mindsets rock and I'm taking big actions. I got good habits. I feel proud of myself. Right. Which are the components of an identity. So when you put those in place. You're great. 
The problem is most people are operating most of their life out of the zone. And if they get into it, it's hard to do it consistently and it's hard to stay in it if they do. And so I was like, well, what are the ways you do that? And what I found is if we look at one to get into that zone identity, because that zone identity will make you more money. It'll have a better body. It'll have a better relationship. You'll be happier. You'll be living at that space where just the things you want, you almost naturally get. They come to you. It's it's kind of weird. Like it's, we'll call it in the spiritual world, they call it the vibration. Mm-hmm. It's just your identity. It's just, it's your rhythm. It's your identity. So the first step is you have to find your zone lines. Most people do not understand what their individual specific zone lags are, which are the things that are keeping you lagging. It's the, it's the parachutes pulling you back that are open and you can't see them. It's just in your back. You're like, why can I not seem to make more money? How come I can't seem to get in a better relationship? Um, how come I can't lose that extra 10 pounds? It has nothing to do with the information in your head. Most people think I got to go learn stuff. We got enough in our heads right now. There is, there is no shortage of information in this world right now. There's too much quite literally is an overload. So what I look at is like, why don't people have success with more access to information? Why are we as a human, human side, like still struggling, right? It's because of who we are with the information. And most of us will go and do some work, but we're not doing our work. We're, we're not focused on our things. And it's because they're not open to seeing their zone lags. There's a statement is, is it's hard to see the label when you're inside the jar. Mm. And a lot of people are living in that jar like, well, I can't I get this stuff like, well, because your label says that you don't communicate well. Your label says you give up too early. Your label says that you evade situations because they're difficult. You don't lean back into them. Right. That's your label. But you don't see that. You just see it as they don't support me. They don't get me like it's not what it is. Sometimes sometimes you actually do suck and that's okay. Like so if you can see what your stuff is. Now we can make some progress and do the next step, which is creating a personalized shift plan. We talked about habits and actions being what makes that shift. The problem is most people don't, they don't think about making the plan. They rely wholly off of how do I feel? They go, I, I want to make my marriage better. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And they wake up tomorrow. They're good. And then two days later, like, they're like, I hate this chick. <laughs> like, I don't. So now what do I do? And, and it's got to be outside of your feelings. It's got to be an actual thing. It's a plan. What are the actions that would allow me to lead into this designed identity. Like if I have that zone identity design, what are the actions that would lead to that? What, what can I do that if I did it long enough, I'd be like, that's who I am now, right? So those are the things that have got to be planned. And then the last piece goes into what's called a discipline system. Now, most people will make a plan and unfortunately not follow it. And that's if you get to that part. I, I believe there are far more people who have planners with no idea whatsoever how to plan. They just have a planner. Buy a planner. What's they going to do? I'll go and put some, some paper with some lines on it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> put some stickers on it. <laughs> yeah, go get a boss. You can have fun with that. And I'm a guy that's like, I, I am ridiculously strategic with how I plan my life. It's, and it's not overwhelmed. It's so simple to me that I get to show up today. And I honestly didn't even, I just knew there was a podcast today. And there's a link on my schedule. I didn't know I was talking to you. I just know I was going to hit the button and someone's going to show up. I'm so, I'm so effing dead serious right now. <laughs> There's no I'm honored. It's, yeah. <laughs> Don't feel bad. It's, it's the next person's the same thing. I got something after this. I have no idea what I have after this. It'll, this will end and I'll be like, what's next? But I live my life in a way that allows me to flow in such a manner that I can just show up and be good and be happy and be in flow. But I know that everything on my planner is leading me to the destination of the person I want to become right? There's things that are engraved in, in there with my family, with my wife, with my kids, with, with my company, with my own personal health. It's all in there. 
And I live my life in such a great flow that like it's easy. And so that's my plan. But the biggest thing is I got to have a discipline system wrapped around it. I've got to find ways to create boundaries and barriers and ways to never get off track. And if I do have the plan to get back on track, because what happens is this shift I talk about, it doesn't happen because you wake up one day and have a big action or all of a sudden, like you go, oh, look at me. I'm different now. Like it's not you're not going to snap into it. And all of a sudden it slaps you in the face. It's kind of like when you work at a coffee shop, when you go there to do some computer work, you put your, you know, your headphones and you sit down, like, you know, you have to work, but you're like scrolling through your phone and, and eventually like, ah, oh, I got to put this stuff down. So you put it down, you start focusing on the work. Well, the first five, 10 minutes, you're, you're focused on the fact that you're working. And then something happens and you pop your head up two hours later and you have no idea what the time went. It's like, what? Oh, two hours went by. Oh, feels good. Right. And, and all the work's done. Everything. You feel great. An identity shift's very similar, man. You get in the first day, two days, two weeks. It feels like it's work, but after a while, it just everything floats away and you start shifting into that zone identity. And all of a sudden, you've lost 20 pounds. You, your, your relationship has got this amazing spark. You know, you feel great about yourself. You're, you're, you're a great parent now. Business is running smoother. It's all, it's all clicking. And it's simply because there wasn't as much energy every day of getting up and going, what do I got to do today? How do I got to feel? It's just like, no, I did that. I just show up and do my life now. And now it's not based on feeling. I've every day I'm doing stuff that makes me feel confident and feel dialed so that the world seems to just become more of something I can in control of. So our vision for our company is to get people into a limitless sense of ridiculous power. It sounds odd, but like, that's what I want. Because that when you get that in place, when you have the sense of like, I'm stupid powerful because I'm in the zone, dude, the world's your oyster. Anything you want, you get. It's so good. And I love that you mentioned too, the fact that it's not about your feelings, because I think so many people, like you said, regardless of the goal, will get so hung up on, well, I don't really feel like it today, or I don't feel motivated, or I don't feel this, and then totally just get stuck in inaction and be paralyzed by that place and then not move forward no matter what it is because they're still hung up on how they feel. And it's so important that tied back to all the habits and routines it really comes down to having that set decision made ahead of time where this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. You don't have to think, well, do I feel like it or not? And we know that we as human beings have limited decision-making power in a day before we mentally wear ourselves out. So if you're eliminating that need to decide based on whether you feel like it or not, you're going to get the work done and you'll probably have more energy down the road in that same day for other more important decisions that you might actually have to make given whatever's coming up in your day. So everyone should like highlight that and mentally underline it. <laughs> yeah, it's a big piece of it. And to be honest, what it boils down to is, is the goal. In fact, the, the way you place it is it's incredibly dialed in, right? It's what we just said. The one thing I'll, I'll like is an extra addition to that is the goal for a lot of people is somehow it's focused on the wrong thing. Most people with that exact same thing and focus always on the destination. It's like, where am I going? What am I getting? And that, believe me, that's part of it. But I am almost never, I'd say maybe 95% of my day I'm, I'm, in my life, I'm, I'm never focused on a destination. I've, I've thought of it on, you know, on the days when I'm planning my schedule well in advance for the year or the quarter. I think of where I'm going. And my job is to go backwards and say, what does this look like on a day-to-day basis? What are the steps building up? <clears throat> and then what I do is I fall in love with the day, not the destination. If, if you can have these things in place and you can fall in love with these stuff, I love this. This is fun. It's seven in the morning, my time, 10 o'clock your time. I'm thoroughly happy. I got my tea sitting next to me. My family's sleeping in the house because they're psychopaths. They don't get up early. 
And we just, we, I live my life, man. This is joy for me. I love these parts. I, I was telling you, I'm not going to have a break today. I'm not going to sit down and chill and do nothing until probably about 830 this evening. And I'm not, I'm not being facetious. I'm not joking. I'm talking minute to minute. I will rock straight through my entire day between work and home stuff without a break. And so that for me has been this focal point of like looking and telling people like, hey, guys, you got to fall in love with the day because when you love the day, that all happens without stress. I'm not freaking out. Most people go, it's a, it's a busy day. I got I to gotta freak. I'm like, bro, just lay it on me. Let's go to work because I know I'm going to get through it and I'm going to be better for it. I have certainty that what I'm doing today is giving me a control of who I want to become tomorrow. So good. On that note, got to ask you what I ask every guest who comes on Thrive. And that's what mm-hmm. does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday uh-huh. life since you're all about the everyday? How do you strive to thrive? I think thrive is a level when you're doing so well, you can give back. There's a, it's like the abundance thing. There's like just so much going on and you're just, you're just killing it. And I, you get like that internal feeling of like, man, this is so good. It hurts. It sounds real weird. There are times I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, I have so much like love for my family in my body right now that it hurts. It's like, oh, it's cool. And so I think when you're at that level, man, you give it back. So for me, it's like, it's, it's a matter of, I got to take care of me. I got to do things that fill me up. I, I am blessed to have this thing that I do that I love to do, which is this talking and coaching and speaking and sharing. But when I love to do it, people love that I do it. Like it's a weird, it's a, it's such a cool, weird thing. People are like, I love that. And like, cool. I love that. I love saying it. So <laughs> like, let's keep this whole thing going. And there's a space in that where, man, if you get to that good little bubble, that good little area, you start thriving. You can actually be so full. You want to give it back. And so that's why I do this. I, I am full enough to be able to over, over pour it back out of my cup. Cause as I pour out, I fill up. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on thrive today, Anthony, tell everyone where they can find you online and grab copies of all of your books. Yeah. Yes. You can find it. Uh, if you go to identityshiftbook.com is the best place to go. And then, uh, if you go to that area, get the book and come back. It's like you take a, you get a receipt and you bring a code back. The code we haven't made, but we'll, we'll do it. Um, how about TP, Thrive Podcast? Sounds TP, not make. as in, not toilet paper, people. <laughs> not toilet paper. But here's a cool thing. If you do, go to identityshiftbook.com and then you come back with that code uh, and plug it in. You, The first 10 people, I will give them a, uh, a copy of, uh, first off, a signed autograph copy. So they'll get two books. You'll get the second one for me for free. One will be signed. You can give it to the other one to somebody else. Whatever you want to do. They'll keep two, man. Double fisted. Uh, and then you'll also get the audiobook, a digital book, and a workbook. And the workbook's cool because the workbook allows you to essentially have the tools that at your disposal you need to be able to make these shifts I'm talking about. The book unpacks the shift method in greater depth and clarity, and the workbook allows you to go do what we do in our coaching programs in a simpler way to make this happen in your life so that I can have you do what I call making shift happen. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.